0: What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors at BuiltBar.com. You guys can get the best protein bar on the planet right now and save $10 off your first order when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Before we get into the show, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Alright guys, what is up? We have a show that is going to cover a whole lot today, but first we are going to start with the news that Kazir White got into a little bit of trouble with the law and the charges were making the headlines for the wrong reasons, but it wasn't something I think that is the end of the world. And then we also have comments from former Chargers great Sean Merriman talking about Kenneth Murray this Chargers defense in the Chargers offseason coming up in the news segment before getting into some Twitter polls. We have a ton of Twitter polls. We want to thank everybody who went on Twitter and responded to all of those polls because I think we got a lot of Good answers and a lot of good questions just to kind of see where everybody's at. So we'll be talking about how many games will Justin Herbert play this year, whether he's the answer, and even things like how many ankles will Keenan Allen break next season. So we have a bunch of polls to get into, and it's going to take us all over the map as far as the Chargers and how everyone is feeling about certain things at this point before we get into the training camp and preseason and all of that. So let's go ahead and get into it. Over the weekend, a Los Angeles Charger was in the news for the wrong reasons, and a former Chargers great gave some high praise on the Chargers offseason. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The Los Angeles Chargers got some news over the weekend that they couldn't have been happy about when it came out that... Linebacker Kazir White had been charged with reckless driving after exceeding 100 miles per hour and making an improper lane change, according to TMZ Sports. This isn't something that happened very recently. It actually happened on March 14th, but the rest of the details around the situation remain unclear. There has been no sign at this point that there was any drugs or alcohol involved, which is a good thing. But this is still a very serious thing. Driving that fast is obviously very dangerous. And the Chargers are a team that is known very much for wanting to change their culture. And head coach Anthony Lynn has talked a lot about holding players accountable. So much so that we saw three players last year get suspended for different reasons. So David... Even though this isn't the most serious offense, this is not something that maybe would have been as big of a deal before the COVID-19 outbreak. It's still something that if you're the chargers and you're the coaching staff in the front office that you're not trying to see out of one of your players.
1: Not at all, it's not something you want to see whenever you wake up and you you know you see one of your players in the news for the wrong reasons. Now, obviously, this isn't something super egregious where they're going to do any you know really have any serious disciplinary action, but it's still something that the Chargers organization is known for not dealing with. They do not like outside distractions, especially in an off season where there are plenty of already built in distractions available. They don't need any of their players, especially a guy like Kaiser White, who hasn't really provided the type of production that the Chargers were looking for when they drafted him. He doesn't need any distractions, Daniel. He needs to keep his head on straight and stay focused to go into this season looking to make an impact.
0: Yeah, and he's a player his rookie year got the start right away after being a fourth-round pick by the Chargers a couple of seasons ago, and then he had a knee injury in last season ended up changing positions to play a position strong side linebacker that would be on the field less to try to not increase the chances of him re-injuring that knee. We've heard nothing but praise from the organization about Kazeer White, but this is something that is going to potentially slow that down and i don't believe it's an incident that will draw a suspension or anything like that from the nfl itself but We will have to wait to see if the Chargers want to give out any punitive discipline on their own. But we also heard from Chargers legend Sean Merriman, the famous pass rusher for the Chargers who had a pretty short but explosive career for the team. I mean, he's up there in the record books for the Chargers as far as most career sacks for the franchise, even though his career got shortened by a PED suspension, followed by a bunch of injuries. But he had some very high praise for the Chargers, talking specifically about Kenneth Murray in the Chargers offense season and defense but I want to talk about Kenneth Murray specifically because because Murray is taking his number number 56 the number that was made famous on the Chargers. By Merriman, he was asked specifically about what it meant for him to take that number. And he said it's cool, especially when you have a guy that can make some plays. He's explosive, man. And that's the fun part. You look at these guys. I always evaluate, especially the linebacker position, how their mental approaches and how they lay it all in the field. And what he saw from that is that he is going to be a good player and he's going to be a star in the NFL. So, David, those are pretty lofty expectations for someone who is taking the number of a Chargers legend.
1: Not only does he have the lofty expectations for wearing that number made famous by Sean Merriman after he made so many plays in that short window, Kenneth Murray got picked in the first round and they traded up to get him. So there's already expectations built in. If you were to ask anyone, Sean Merriman seems to be a big believer in Kenneth Murray's potential. He says he's he's a guy that's going to run through guys. He's relentless. He's going to initiate that spark. But he also mentioned that he did need to pick up the speed of the game here at the NFL level. But it seems like Sean Merriman is a huge believer in his ability He says now there is a tone setter at every level. And that's also something Chris Hayery talked about when he was actually talking to Sean Merriman, is now there are playmakers at every level of the defense. He thinks this is a top five defense. He thinks this defense is going to help Tyrod Taylor out as well by giving him more opportunities. Murray is definitely a key part of that. And it's going to be really fun and exciting to see what he is going to do
0: on the field in his rookie inaugural debut. Absolutely, and it can be a position that is hard to transition to in the NFL. We have seen linebackers like Rashawn Evans or Devin White or Devin Bush from last season struggle early on in their careers. But I think he is going to be a playmaker for the Chargers. But this was just a part of an offseason that Sean Merriman dubbed as the best in the NFL. So he's a big believer in what Tom Telesco was able to do. And it'll be interesting to see how early and how often Kenneth Murray will be able to find playing time and make an impact on a very talented defense. But we do have two more segments to get into, getting into some Twitter polls that we did talking about Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Chargers free agency, and how good this defense is coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys again about the best protein bar in the world. And I'm talking about Built Bars. I would eat one right now if I wasn't banned by John and David to eat them on the show, even though I am a little bit hungry and I'll probably have one after this. But my favorite part about Built Bars is just the variety that you can get from all of the flavors. They have 20 different flavors that you can have, and I've tried all of them. There isn't a single one I really don't like. And I also love the fact that they're 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. So whether you're trying to gain weight or lose weight, you can do that with Built Bar. And we can even save you guys some money right now because if you go to Built Bar and use the promo code. Locked on, you can get ten dollars off your first order again. That's promo code locked on, all caps one word for ten dollars off your order at builtbar.com. All right, guys, well, I want to get into some Twitter polls that we put out over the weekend, really just trying to gauge how the fans are feeling at this point about some of the moves the Chargers made and how they think some of these players are going to produce in 2020 given everything that's going on right now I think it'll be fun to do this right now so when we get closer to the season actually starting we can do something like this again and just kind of see how much people's opinions have changed over that amount of time so the first one I want to get into is about how many wins the Chargers are going to get this year this is something I think that obviously you know whether it's injuries or even new additions to the Chargers could absolutely change over the next couple months before we actually see any action and I was a little bit surprised by this one David because I think you can see that there's a lot of optimism there's only nine percent of the voters thought the chargers would get less than six wins this year and 32 thought that they would get 10 or more wins which i think would be maybe not a surprising season but definitely at the top end of what the chargers can do with tyrod taylor at quarterback but i was surprised to see that so many people were taking a more realistic approach a more cautious approach and going with seven to nine wins which ended up being 57.9 percent of the votes
1: yeah, no, it's definitely uh, very interesting to see that it seems like Charger fans are so desensitized. They're just used to being beaten up. I think they they don't believe that the Chargers are going to be a great team, even though there is so much talent up and down on both sides in all three phases, really, on this team. There are, are playmakers everywhere, and they have some just amazing skill talent, but the chargers are the chargers at the end of the day and they've been so snake bitten in the past it's hard to believe that they're going to be able to put it all together no matter the quality of players that they have on the team so i think they just said hey you know i got to go out there and see it that's why i'm going to be more realistic and stick with the 7 to 9 when i think most people think the talent there can get them more than that.
0: When I think that, I mean, this really shows too that I mean, anything under seven wins is going to be a colossal disaster for the Chargers. And I think the fan base kind of agrees with that there. And I think a lot of this uncertainty and why you see, you know, such a large amount of people going with seven to nine wins is just how Tyrod Taylor is going to play. And I think that kind of leads into the next poll where we talk about how many games will Chargers rookie Justin Herbert start this year. Which is directly linked to how how good Tyrod Taylor is going to play. So the options were zero, one to four, five day, in nine to sixteen, and the biggest one, the one that got the most amount of votes, was one to four. So I think that means a pretty good season by Tyrod Taylor that maybe falls apart for a couple games down the stretch, or you know the Chargers get to a point where they're not in contention anymore and they need to see what they have in Justin Herbert. I think that would be the one to four games, but I was kind of surprised, David, that. of the audience of the fans ended up saying zero games, believing that the Chargers actually could stick to the plan and and keep him sitting the entire season, while only, you know, combined 26, 27% of the people think that he'll play five games or more. But a lot of people, you know, a third almost of the people think Justin Herbert will actually not play any games this year.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, is that a you know, just is that an endorsement for Tyrod Taylor and his ability and what he brings to the table? Or is that just them being a little bit pessimistic on Justin Herbert, which I think, you know, as we go on, on these polls, you'll see that that's definitely not the case. But I think history has already told us many times, Daniel, that when your rookie quarterback comes in this league and they sit and they season a little bit, that there are, numerous examples of guys that excel after initially sitting to start their nfl career so i think that you know people are picking one to four because hey injuries happen and tyrod taylor is a mobile quarterback so there are more opportunities for him to potentially get hurt you know going out there playing the quarterback position for the chargers so i think one to four is definitely an accurate situation i think like i've said before the chargers defense is going to really help keep them in a lot of games and it's going to help Tyrod Taylor out as well. So I think it's good to see that most fans think that Tyrod Taylor is going to play the majority majority of the year. I think t- Justin Herbert could definitely use a little bit more seasoning.
0: When well, I think that means they believe the Chargers will at least be in contention for most of the season because if they are, if he's leading a team, you know, that is right in the middle of the playoff hunt. It would be a pretty tough thing to make that change in the middle of a season to a rookie quarterback, but getting into just Justin Herbert's prospects as the next face of the franchise quarterback, this was a little bit of a surprising one, David, because You gave the option for people to go undecided on whether they think Justin Herbert is the answer for the Chargers in the long term with an undecided vote, but the overwhelming majority went yes. 64.7% of the fans that voted on this think that he is the answer for the Chargers at quarterback and it will be their franchise quarterback. 16% are going flat no, while 19.3% are undecided, and I think I'm probably in that 19.3%. I'm definitely undecided at this point. You have to see him actually do something on the field. But this is definitely kind of a turn towards people actually accepting Justin Herbert, which is not something we saw immediately after the draft. Right. Well, I I was really interested to
1: see what the answers were when it came to this particular poll question because, I think when Justin Herbert was initially drafted that there was a lot of pessimism out there at least that was what I thought but that's why it was so compelling to get this answer and to see what people were thinking and when I saw that you know an overwhelming majority of them said hey yes I like what he brings to the table I like the size I like the arm I like the fact that he played a lot of games I like the running ability I like how he fits with the Chargers offense or, hey, I like how the Chargers went out there and got players that are going to compliment his play style. Whatever it is, they are saying, hey, I like this kid. I think he can definitely be the future, which I thought was the complete opposite. So it's crazy Mm -hmm. to see how much optimism there is about Justin Herbert. But I love that. I think that's great for our fan base. But I think I'm also in the undecided category just because there's a couple of the things I think I need to see get cleaned up. I need to see him go through more progressions. I need to see you know more of those easy throws get made successfully. If I see that, I think that he definitely has all the prospects of being a successful quarterback at this level.
0: Well, we'll see what Pep Hamilton, the new quarterback's coach, is able to do. And we'll see if the Chargers can stick to the plan like we talked about. But I think, obviously, David, we have to, you know, wait and see if he can do more of those things at the next level. And none of those things are a given. I mean, those aren't just things that you can write off and say, yes, he's going to be able to do that. We still have to actually see it happen. But I definitely think there's a good chance he can do it. I mean, he's just going to have to, they're going to have to take their time and make sure he's ready and not you know, ruin him before he can actually get started. I really believe that. But getting into a lighter question, and this one is how many ankles will Keenan Allen break next season? So there were different options you could choose from, but I think everybody went with the right option on this one. You could go three, five, or seven. Yeah, and this one, everyone basically for the most part, 71.6% of the votes went to every defender's ankle. So if you're a defender's ankle out there and you're listening to this right now, you're on watch. I mean, you have been given the green light you will probably get your ankles broken at some point by Keenan Allen we've seen him do it to so many defenders over the years it's one of his specialties if you're trying to you know line up with him man-to-man on a route or even in zone coverage be careful because there's a good chance your ankles might get broken but this is a bigger one David because this is about the Chargers free agency moves and I think this was one, I mean, I, I don't think we thought we would get bad answers to. I don't think we thought people would be negative about the Chargers free agency moves, given that they address so many of their big needs, but 46% of the audience, number one on this one, went with A, 44.5% of the audience with, with went with B, leaving less than 10% of the audience going with C through f so i think this is not really a surprise i think you saw the chargers secure a right tackle which has been a huge issue for them with brian Bulaga. you go and get help on the interior with limbaugh joseph who's going to give you the first presence that you've had in the interior of that defensive line in a long time somebody that people do not want to block in there and then you also get chris harris jr which is just adding strength onto strength and, and telling desmond king you know you better play better or we have someone here that's going to play over you. So, David, I'm not surprised that the Chargers got pretty good grades on this, but I think everyone's in agreement that this, no matter how you look at it, it's, there's no way to really see this as average. I think everyone agrees it's above average.
1: Well, and it also begs the question is what the what would the grade be if it was just Tom Brady? You know, I mean, because right. I, I think it's important to remember that none of these guys get signed if Tom Brady signs a contract with the Chargers. All that cap space is gone. They come in and bring in veterans at multiple different positions, guys that have nine, ten years of success in the NFL, guys that are going to come in and help the Chargers at their prospective positions right away. So I love the free agency moves. I think everyone else is showing that they definitely do too. I mean, how could you not? They get a bunch of proven guys on really, really team friendly contracts, especially when you look
0: at some of the deals that were thrown around around the league. Absolutely. And I think I mean the value is something that you take away from it. And the Chargers didn't go and make anyone the highest paid player at that position in the league, except for Hunter Henry, who on his franchise tag will actually be the highest paid tight end next season. I mean until, you know, George Kittle probably gets a massive extension and we'll see if the Chargers can get one done. With Hunter Henry but you're right I mean if they go for Tom Brady it would be very interesting to see how this plays out a lot different but we have a bunch of more interesting poll questions to get into in the next segment talking about how good this Chargers defense is going to be how many sacks will Joey Bosa have as well as which rookie will have the biggest impact coming up right after this all right guys well it's time to get back into these Twitter polls and I think We got a really good, you know, kind of sample size of how people are feeling about the Chargers' moves and stuff like that going into this season or before this season starts. But we didn't really talk about the production of guys and how well some guys will produce. But before that, one of the most interesting polls I thought was the one about how good this Chargers' defense is going to be. And we accidentally had two polls on it, but I think both of them are telling in some way because. On one of the polls, we had top three and top five as an option, and those polls actually had over 70% of the voters thought the Chargers would have a top five defense or better. 44.4% for top five, 27.2% for top three, but both polls had a between 15 or 16 through 32, so basically a bottom half of the league defense, and both of those got only 1.2%, so I think a overwhelming majority, David, and the poll that you put on there earlier, 98% of the people thought the Chargers would have at least a top 10 defense. So if this defense is even average this season, it's going to be a major letdown.
1: And it should be a letdown. I, I think people out there recognize the amount of talent that is on this Chargers defense. I think they see that there are playmakers now at every level and that there are no excuses for the type of production that these guys are capable of. I think Melvin Ingram being healthy. I think Joey Bosa being healthy at the same time. We need to see those big sack numbers again. There's, you know, they've had the moniker of one of the best pass rushing duos in the league, but they haven't really provided the numbers that would back up that statement. So they need to go out there and do that. They have the ability to, but they haven't done it up to this point. I think Derwin James Jr. coming back here with a full bill of health, I think he is definitely poised to wreak absolute havoc on the league. I would not be surprised if he adds a comeback player of the year trophy to his mantelpiece. I think there is just so much ability on this defense and people see it. They're excited and they should be. I think if they're anything less than a top seven defense in the NFL, it is a cataclysmic failure.
0: Yeah, and I think there's two parts for me that I could take that, you know, from them. You know, obviously boring injuries and knock on wood, because we've seen how much that has impacted them over the last couple of years. Two years ago it was Joey Bosa missing most of the season, and last year the Chargers had Adrian Phillips and Derwin James, amongst others, missing, you know, a giant majority of the season. So obviously things can change, but given the roster right now on paper, this is a great defense with two exceptions. I think depth On the defensive interior, you can only ask so much of Limbaugh Joseph at this point in his career. And Jerry Tillery, Justin Jones, those guys are still improving at this point. And Michael Davis. I mean, we've seen what Brandon Faison did behind him. Davis has had some injury history and has had just a history of not playing well at times. So I think those are the biggest things that will end up, you know, determining Whether this Chargers defense is great because last year it's harder to get pass rush when you don't trust the guys that are behind the defensive line to make the tackles if they are able to get off a quick throw or something like that and I think you saw the Chargers blitz even less than they usually do which is not very much to begin with but Derwin James was the guy that actually brought home the trophy on these polls on who will actually lead this team in interceptions In 2020, the options were Chris Harris Jr., Derwin James, Rayshon Jenkins, and Casey Hayward Jr., and last year's leader in interceptions, Rayshon Jenkins, only came away with 10.2% of the votes, and I'm not going to act surprised about that. I think you could see that one coming just with the general thoughts on Rayshon Jenkins in general, but... But Chris Harris Jr. ends up coming in second place on this as a first-year Charger with 29.5%. And Casey Edwards Jr., who actually led the NFL in interceptions a few years ago with seven, only came away with 22.7% of the votes and came in third place. So I think Derwin James probably plays too close to the line of scrimmage to lead the league or lead the team in interceptions. I think it's probably more likely to be one of the cornerbacks, David, but I understand why people went with Derwin James.
1: Well, I mean, how could you not be just so excited and just enthralled with the ability that Jerwin James brings to the table? I think people. I mean, I don't think it'll
0: happen, but I'm not going to doubt him either. (laughs) I I mean, how could you?
1: How could you doubt that guy? That guy is an alpha male. He is a dog. He's a monster. He's a beast. I think what makes him so impressive is just his overall body of work and his statistics across the line, not just one specific stat you know, when we're talking about interceptions, but I agree. I think people not voting Casey Hayward is more due to the fact that they think that he's not going to get as many opportunities because people are probably going to throw at Michael Davis instead of throwing at Casey Hayward. I mean, Casey Hayward's been one of the top-rated corners in the league for the last couple of years. I think he was a top-four rated corner by PFF, if I'm not mistaken, and also just by the eye test. They don't throw the ball at him, and when they do, he normally bats it down or gets in the way. He's just... You know he's an incredible player. He doesn't get the respect that he deserves, but I agree. I think the corners are going to get uh, more opportunities to get their hands on footballs, and I think with them switching things up and then playing a little bit more man coverage this year, maybe blitzing a little bit more, I think that's going to provide more opportunities for them to pick off more balls, and that's only going to make this defense and the team better. It's a, something they have to absolutely work on, Daniel. They have to get more turnovers, and interceptions is one great way to do it so if i had to pick somebody on this list i honestly think chris harris jr is going to have the most picks this year i think he's got a chip on his shoulder and he wants to pick off as many
0: afc west
1: quarterbacks as possible
0: and david one thing that is going to help that i think greatly is the pass rush like we've talked about those things go hand in hand and one of the things that we saw from these polls was The majority of people think that Joey Bosa will have at least 10 sacks this year, which in three of the four seasons, he's had at least 10 sacks. And 67% of the audience thought it was 10 to 12 sacks, while 23.9% said 15-plus sacks. So I think 10 to 12 is obviously, given health, the most realistic part of it. But I think we're shortly going to see a 15-plus sack season from Joey Bosa.
1: And I think this would be no better season For him to do that because he's up for a huge contract. Do
0: we want Joey Bosa to have a 15-plus sack season?
1: And absolutely. (laughs) I mean, just look at how the quality of defense would improve by a 15-sack season. I mean, only a few guys have done it here recently. Joey Bosa definitely has the ability.
0: He definitely does, and talking about ability, the Chargers picked up some really great value picks in the draft, talking, you know, picks four through seven, which are obviously very important when you don't have a second or a third round pick, and we wanted to know which rookie you guys thought was going to have the best rookie season, and the options were all four of the Chargers draft picks in rounds four through seven, Josh Kelly, Joe Reed, Aloe Gilman, and K.J. Hill Jr., and overwhelmingly, David, the latest pick in the draft for the Chargers comes away with 59% of the voting. I wasn't expecting it to be this lopsided, especially, you know, because Joe Reed has potential. Josh Kelly figures to be in that running back rotation right away. But it not only do Chargers fans think that K.J. Hill is sticking around as a seventh round pick, which is not always a given. But we've seen it the last couple of years, you know, Justin Jackson, Isaac Rochelle. But to say he's going to have the biggest impact, I'm, I'm not even sure I disagree with it. I don't think you can really disagree with it I think
1: that there was no production from the wide receiver three position last year There's definitely going to be many opportunities for him to go out there and do that We know he's a great route technician We know that he should have been drafted a lot sooner than he did in the seventh round I think that a lot of people recognize the value there And they see that he is going to go out there and bring his NFL ready skill set to the Chargers
0: Yeah, and I think when you're looking at all of these guys, I mean, Alohi Gilman comes in with the lowest percentage, and him trying to find time in this secondary and snaps on the defense is going to be very hard for him with the guys the Chargers have currently. So it's not any surprise that he's the lowest on this list. And, I mean, as far as college production and and translating in the NFL, I think he's the least likely to get a regular role on the defense or, you know, on one side of the ball. So I definitely understand that, and I think K.J. Hill given the huge vacancy at the Chargers number three receiver spot, I think has a great chance to do that as opposed to Josh Kelly, who might be the next most likely one who's obviously going to have to share a lot of time with Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler, even if he does get more touches early on. But getting to the next poll, we have a couple more about the production we're going to see this year and about two of the running backs I just talked about. And this was one of the closest one we had, David. This was a really good Poll question, who is going to have more rushing yards in 2020? Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly. And the rookie Josh Kelly, the fourth round pick, comes away with 51% of the voting. So, David, I think there's some obvious reasons why you see that, even though it is still a little bit surprising. Well, I think with Josh Kelly, they
1: know that he's healthy. They know that he runs in between the tackles, and they think he's probably going to get a lot of opportunities to do that because he is a bigger back and he has a bigger build than both of the other running backs that are in that room. But people know how talented Justin Jackson is. They know that he's explosive and he makes plays every time he's on the football field. But that is the operative question and the point is when is when is he going to be on the football field? He's been hampered with injuries his entire short nfl career i think we know if he's on the field he can definitely make things happen but we just don't know if he's going to be able to keep that up and keep the health where it needs to be so he can go out there
0: and perform well yeah i mean let's not forget this guy was leading the nfl in yards per rush last season so it doesn't take him very many touches to put up a crazy amount of rushing yards i think if the Question was rushing touchdowns. I think it easily probably goes to Josh Kelly just because he is the big guy. He's the short yardage and goal line guy. But short yardage is also a key part of this as well. If a lot of his touches are coming in those short yarded situations, it's not going to be very easy to put up really big rushing stats from that position. So I think it's very unclear how many snaps you're even going to see him get. And I think with Justin Jackson, he's in the situation where this coaching staff has made players really pay for not being able to stay on the field. And they've already kind of singled him out as a guy that really needs to get it going this year to have an impact on this team. But that brings us to the last poll question. and Another very close one. This one is who is going to have more receiving touchdowns in 2020? So. Mike Williams and Hunter Henry were the options, and it's kind of an odd question just because Hunter Henry had more last year because Mike Williams only had two, but in 2018, Mike Williams had 10 receiving touchdowns, which is something that Hunter Henry has just never done. These are the top two red zone options for the Chargers, at least they have been up until this season. Things could change with Tyrod Taylor, but Mike Williams is the obvious, you know, wide receiver that is going to get targeted near the red zone and just hunter henry with how reliable he is and being a big body guy that can take hits over the middle is going to get a lot of targets as well so david i think this is pretty tough and it ended up being very close but hunter henry came away with 51.8 percent of the votes mike williams got 48.2 percent of the votes as of sunday night so The people think Hunter Henry is going to get it done. We've obviously seen the ceiling for Mike Williams is better. I think Mike Williams is going to get more chances at it, but I do think Hunter Henry will probably convert at a better rate.
1: But that's what makes this question so compelling because you know both guys are going to get a lot of opportunities and these are both guys that are built for the red zone these guys are built these guys scream hey give me a chance to go up and get the ball give me an opportunity to go score that's why this one was such a very close race over a hundred people voted on this one so to see hunter henry edge it out and the another reason is because both these guys teeter-tottered you know one guy had more touchdowns the other guy had more touchdowns but i think Everybody knows that both of these guys are capable of scoring whenever they get the opportunity. So we'll see if Tyrod Taylor can get over his fear of hitting tight ends over the middle. And we'll see if Mike Williams is going to be put in those situations where he can use his skill set to win out in the red zone. So I think this is something we're going to have to continue to monitor all throughout the year.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, Mike Williams had some chances last year. I mean, he had some 50-50 balls he was not able to come away with in the red zone and in the end zone, so we'll see if he can convert those at a better rate this season, and we'll see if Tyrod Taylor, who's very risk-averse, is willing to kind of just put the ball up and let Mike Williams go get it. I think that is going to be a key thing for the Chargers and how explosive this offense can be, and I think Alvin Tunstall brought up a good point, just, you know, how many are we even going to see those kind of receiving touchdown numbers just because, this is going to be a much more run-oriented team. So maybe we see the rushing touchdowns jump up. But to be better than the Chargers were in the red zone last season is going to be very key towards their success in 2020. And using these two guys specifically more effectively is going to be an absolutely huge part of that. But thank you to everyone who you know went out and voted on these polls. We want to try to interact with you guys as much as we possibly can. You know, Get your guys' imprint on the show because you guys are the ones that listen to the show. So it was very... Interesting to see what you guys thought at this point, and it'll be very fun down the road to kind of check these out and, and see how much people's opinions change over time and really get a gauge on it right before the season starts. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, but until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, LockedOnCharge, as well as subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or give us a follow on Spotify and make sure to rate and review. We would really appreciate it. We need some more voicemails from you guys. We had a voicemail call that was within the last few days, but it was really choppy and I couldn't make out most of the words, so we're not able to use it. But hey guys, we need voicemails. The numbers 323-524-7924 and every charger's voicemail gets played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow as always. But until then, take it easy and go bolts.